Hello and welcome to Careers Talk, but no, I'm not Kerry Eustace. I'm Harriet Minter and I'll be filling in for Kerry while she's off on her holidays. So, have you spent this week biting your nails and checking the letterbox every two minutes? If you are one of the 850,000 people who have been waiting for your A-level results, then congratulations. And if you're still considering what to do next, keep listening. As you've probably heard, experts are predicting that up to 200,000 of you won't be going to university. So in today's pod, we'll be looking at some of the alternatives and talking to the Careers Advisory Service, which specialises in helping young people find the right career. Plus, dear Julian is back to deal with your career conundrums. Now, although Kerry's way haven't been completely abandoned, Ali White is here to talk over this week's jobs news and we're joined by Guardian new boy, David Mills. David, welcome to the Careers Talk pod and to The Guardian. Thank you very much. How are you settling in? Well, it's uh, I think I'm on day eight now and it's <laughs> not too bad. Everyone's being nice to you so far. So far. And can you tell us a bit about what you were doing before and how you ended up here? Sure. Um, before this, immediately before this, I spent a little over a year, nine, 18 months as a special advisor to a cabinet minister, Liam Byrne, in fact. Okay. Uh, um, at, the, at the Treasury. Um, so I did that for 18 months. Before that, I uh, spent 10, 12 years as a television producer, mainly at GMTV, where I produced the Sunday morning political show, which is now no longer on air, unfortunately. And after that, at the BBC. So okay. media and politics, really. So it's a bit of a switch now back to The Guardian. I guess so, yeah. It's, uh, it's, um, well, it's still media, obviously oh. a, different, uh, a different format, but it's really hoping to draw on some of the experience I've got of dealing with issues relating to the voluntary sector because that's the, that's the job that lies ahead of me setting up the, uh, the voluntary sector network for The Guardian. Well, we're very excited to have you here, so thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Um, we're going to look at what's going on in the news this week now, and I am going to kick off with my little feminist stance for the week. And this is the news that the Chartered Management Institute has discovered that it's going to be 57 years before women are paid the same amount as men. Wow. I know, a long time. David, are you shamed? <laughs> Actually, I think it's, it's a, lot, a lot of men don't understand the kind of issues behind it. They think, oh, well, you know, uh, what's the problem? But as, as my girlfriend put it to me last weekend... Someone has to have babies and men can't do it. <laughs> and when you think of it in terms of your partner or your mother or your, your children having, having babies, then I think men, men get it a bit more clearly when it puts them like that. Mm. I think that's a good point. Um, the Charter Management Institute has said that women senior managers at the moment are earning £10,000 less than men. Mm. And this goes right from sort of lower junior level up to more senior level. And they think that whilst there has been a 2.8%, a little rise in women's pay in the last year, it's going to take a very, very long time to catch up. And um, so I kind of had a look through some of our Q&As to find some sort of advice on this. And one of the things I did find was we did a recent Q&A on women in the housing sector. And one of the HR managers um, in that said that actually half the problem came from women themselves because they're not very good at pushing and promoting themselves okay. and saying, this is what I'm doing, this is why I'm really good at it, and this is why I deserve a pay rise. So women kind of need to learn to do that more. And also I had another sort of look through all the Gold Guardian career staff and found some tips on if you're asking for a pay rise, mm-hmm. the first thing you should do is go and check what your job is worth in the wider market. And if you're pay- being paid less than that, go to your boss and say, this is the commercial rate, this is what I'm worth. I'd like to talk to you about possibly pushing my salary up a bit. Um, David, what story have you picked out? 
Well, I've picked up a story from Demos, uh, the think tank, the very influential think tank um, these days, both in the Labour Party and, and with both parties in the government. They've got a report out uh, saying that government should fund internships for at-risk young people, so young people who are maybe young offenders or just coming out of care. The idea being that if you fund these internships, it can save a lot of money down the track in terms of the money spent on, on helping the young people because it gives them a greater sense of worth, more job skills, and makes it more likely that they'll go on to be able to earn money and, and be sort of um, happy, confident, productive members of society, I, I guess. And they're like the government to fund companies who offer the internships. Okay, so taking away from the idea that companies should be paying it themselves, they're saying there should be a government pool of money that it can be put towards funding internships. That's right. And what they're really looking at is the the idea that internships tend to be focused on middle-class graduates, I think. Whereas what internships do, of course, is give you that kind of savoir-faire, that kind of um, knowledge of how the real world, and particularly the world of work, actually operates, which is absolutely vital for people trying to get onto the the working ladder more generally rather than just effectively middle-class graduates trying to get even further ahead. Of course, the problem with this is that what they're asking for is they're asking for money now uh, yeah. <laughs> in order to save money later on. And there'll be a very long queue of people up and down Whitehall asking for similar things with similar similar uh, rationale in the uh, months and years ahead. And I think uh, if, if anyone is asking for that sort of money, they'll need to have very good evidence to, to be able to back it up. From your kind of past experience of working in government, how difficult is it to get money for things like training and education? Did they come quite low down on the scale? or? Well, I'm, I'm going to take a pass on that one, and, uh, <laughs> and, um, partly because it, it was not really the area I, I, I worked in. Um, generally, uh, you, you do get a lot of um, bright external and internal voices uh, in government petitioning ministers with very bright ideas, very good ideas, ideas which chime with the values of the minister, the values of the government, the problem is that the Treasury in general tends to be very conservative, and some would say they should be. It's public money. So this looks like a, a good idea on paper. The devil, of course, would be in the detail. Ali, what have you got for us? Okay, well, I've got some good news if you're considering a gap year or maybe, you know, you didn't get through clearing or this, you know, you really just want a bit of time out with all these great A-level results everyone seems to be coming home with. So the news is graduates are happier and £1,000 a year richer if they take a gap year before university. And what it is is some research by Gapforce saying 67% of 3,000 people asked would be more likely to employ someone who had taken a gap year than someone who had not, which I thought was quite interesting. And the kind of message coming across is they think that gap year students are more confident and independent than others, allowing them to command higher salaries in careers that they've actually considered in greater depth. So if you're taking this gap year, I've had a little sift through our Q&A we ran only a few weeks ago about gap years and working holidays and you know same message is coming across it's really beneficial to your career so you know some tips if you want to translate this experience into interview say or applications is you know employers want you to articulate what you've learned during this gap year such as the key skills as working in a diverse team or problem solving and be proactive and tell employers what you got up to you know they might not just see it on your CV and ask and say oh come on then tell me what a great experience you had so you know don't be shy and you know push forward those benefits and don't forget that they can make your university application stand out so perhaps if you haven't got onto a course this year or you want to just take some time out before applying make sure you you put them on your UCAS form because you could get ahead that way. And also a very good excuse for a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> very tempting at the moment. This, this summer seems to be over. <laughs> Time for Julian Lindley, Creative Director at Bauer, to ease the worries of one listener with some wise words. 
We've got a great question this week because it is something that affects an awful lot of people and I think most of you will be able to relate to. Uh, It's from Anna Beaverhausen. I'm very lucky to be in a full-time job. However, like most places, my company is not going to escape redundancy. We're told our department's okay, but I have to be honest, no one really knows. But my question is this. Is it always this hard to find jobs? Are times always this trying in the corporate world? Well, Anna, the simple answer is no. You know, we are just coming out of a recession. There are green shoots around. People are starting to explore new avenues for their companies and and start to look at new programs again. The problem is there's a huge amount of experienced people out there that you're competing with for these positions. And when the economy is booming, of course, there's a lot more money around and there's a lot more positions you know, I've, I absolutely feel for all of you graduates at the moment because it's incredibly hard time. And I wish that there were a simple solution that I could give you. I wish there were some, you know, um, a silver bullet of advice that I could say that would make it better. But the simple fact is, it's tough. And you're going to have to sit tight and wait for things to recover before those great jobs become plentiful again. However, there's lots of things that you can do in the meantime. So Anna, I see in the rest of your letter, you've already kind of, you're onto this. Um, You say that you're thinking about going back to college to do a degree because you didn't get one when you left school. And it's a fantastic idea. Educating yourself, expanding your experience, I think is an absolutely brilliant idea. Rather than um, sit in a low paid job that you dislike or indeed sit on the dole queue, I would absolutely recommend further education any education if you haven't got any because it keeps us our minds sharp and focused on the areas that we're interested in it makes us feel good about ourselves to feel as if we're achieving something which is really difficult to feel in any position in workplace these days Uh, and uh, as I said before it improves our chances when you actually do hit the work market okay so the positive way of looking at this situation for most graduates is that things can't get much worse so my advice would be this Think what it is that you really love, what it is that kind of makes you tick. Know what it is that you love and try and find a way to turn that somehow into a career, even if it isn't what you have studied, even if it isn't what you kind of dreamt as a kid that you would end up doing. You know, you've got nothing to lose right now. So you may as well take your passions and try and turn them into cash because if you love something, you'll put the effort in and you'll know something inside out, and those are the things that you absolutely need to succeed. So it's a brilliant time in many ways to start your own businesses. There's a world of opportunity out there because, you know, the massive disadvantage that the establishment, the established businesses have is that we didn't grow up with the internet. You know, we didn't instinctively know how technology works and and work with it and live with it and play with it. Your generation absolutely do. And so therefore, there is a world of opportunity. Sure, it's challenging. But, you know, what's the alternative? Sit around on the dole queue. You know, now is the time to try and see the light. It's very dark. So now is the time to look for the good. That was Julian Lindley. And now Ali has an app 
absolutely fabulous Q&A review this week on working in events management. First of all, to get into this industry, you should try and show your willingness through volunteering. So, you know, try and get yourself some proper events experience. Uh, you know, as one of our panellists pointed out, not many courses can teach you patience, common sense, the ability to stay calm and collected when chaos swarms around you. So, you know, it, this is an industry where that real kind of hands-on experience is going to count in your favour. And next, um, our panellists did point out a lot of people are kind of, you know, aspire to the sexy aspect of the sector, such as the razzmatazz and the, you know, rubbing shoulders with the great and the good. But the reality is you can only get so many people organising these kind of events. And, you know, the message they had is it's far too much of a risk for a project manager in these kind of events to have staff who don't know, you know, don't have the experience. So, you know, try and build your way up the ladder by working on less glamorous but far more numerous projects and, you know, improve your chances if you can widen your scope initially and get the experience and just work your way up until you are at the stage where you could be organising tea in the park or (laughs) something along that lines. And last of all, really, not wanting to laugh at people's misfortune, but they did have some great anecdotes to share about when things go wrong. Because at the end of the day, you're in charge of a massive project, a big event. So one of our event planners said that they had heard from a colleague about um, a problem speaker who was having some trouble. He was unprepared. He wasn't, he was uncomfortable on the stage and he was getting a bit of a rough time from the delegates during the Q&A session. He actually burst into tears on the stage oh, and he said this, this event manager who was working with him, you know, had to try and get him off stage and calm him down, which awful really. <laughs> but And another um, one mentioned that they had a Faculty of Arts summer showcase minutes to go until it started and the fire alarm went off said all the vips guests musicians half-dressed models music students <laughs> outside they were started small impromptu performances so i think the message is you know things go wrong but they're never a disaster you just have to be cool calm and collected and have an ability to methodically and logically look at solutions and not just panic (laughs) so yeah sounds like a very interesting industry to work in great so you need a cool head but you get some good anecdotes out of it at the end yeah lots to talk about when you go home if you've been following the news this week you've probably seen that as well as an unprecedented number of a-level students not getting a place at university bt also had over twenty-four thousand applications for its apprenticeship program That works out at over 100 applications per place. So many, in fact, that PT has now announced it will be extending the scheme. Given the cost of a degree and the difficulty in finding a graduate job, should even more students be thinking about going straight from school into the workplace? Here to discuss this, we have Aisha Patel from Career Academies UK, a scheme that works with students between the ages of 16 to 19 to find them employment. And we're also joined on the phone by Neil Foote, Neil is a financial advisor who left school seven years ago and skipped university in favour of going straight into a job. So, Aisha, can you tell us a bit about Career Academies and what it does? Career Academies UK leads and supports a movement of over 800 employers, working together with over 120 schools and colleges, raising the aspirations of 16 to 19-year-olds who are studying an A-level equivalent education. And have you noticed that there are more of them looking to go towards university or towards the workplace? What's the sort of trend at the moment? Well, over 70% of our Career Academy students would go to university upon completion of their A-level equivalent education. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the opportunity, however, for them to go into relevant employment. Now, with increasing competition... In the last three years or so, more students are wishing to go into relevant employment than to university. Saying that, however, they are looking at studying part-time at university um, as well as, as going into relevant training. Neil, why was it that you chose to go straight into the workplace rather than university? Um, for me, it really it was a decision based on what I thought I would get out of university. And I kind of have a, a pretty 
solid belief that if you're not doing a vocational degree or a degree in uh, from any of the top five universities probably, then they're increasingly becoming more and more common, as is obviously highlighted this year with the number of people that can't get a university place at all. And I've felt personally for me, it would be more beneficial for me to work um, in a business straight away from the bottom on probably a low income, but for three years working and ultimately aim to get to a graduate level um, through being qualified by experience rather than actually getting that degree. Coupled with the financial implications, obviously, it meant that I was working for three years and earning money rather than getting uh, a significant student debt. Um, And that's basically how it did uh, end up panning out for me. And have you noticed any particular advantages or disadvantages of that route? Certainly more recently, um, obviously with the economic downturn, um, and while I've been looking for, was looking for work again at the start of this year, having been made redundant, and I've certainly found now that employees, uh, employers rather, are certainly um, looking for experience seemingly more than a degree. I think that they're recognising that those that have been in the position and done that job can potentially um, add more value than those straight out of university. Aisha, is that what you found as well? Yes, I mean I think the the development of, of transferable skills that you get through employment and work experience is very important. The majority of the employers that we work with will say to us, you know, we've got fantastic students who are coming out of school and college and even at un- even university with degrees with other qualifications, but they really don't have the skills that w- that can apply to the work environment that we think are valuable. Um, having a degree in some cases can be a necessity because in some cases when you're applying for a job it's a benchmark you have to have a degree as a minimum requirement and unfortunately in many cases it will continue to be so however there are like Neil other opportunities and other people who will go that way to be able to to get um, a decent education and get to a certain level without a degree. I also think that people needn't be put off by um, adverts for positions saying that a degree is a necessity. Mm -hmm. I know I've certainly applied for positions recently where they state a degree is a requirement but have sent a perspective application anyway, and the experience alone has been sufficient to kind of look past that rigid, we need a degree. When you first left school, Neil, how did you show that you had the requisite skills for employers? Um, I think in, in the reality is that coming straight in, into a working environment from, from school rather than with, uh, with a degree um, and not having those qualifications means that you're unlikely to start in, in that kind of high-end position where you would need to show the exact skill set that someone's looking for. And I think you need to be prepared to look kind of lower down um, in, a, in a business and be prepared to work hard and work your way up, which is more the, the route I took, which was I went for a position and was personable and could communicate well enough to be able to, to show that I was driven enough, that I would work hard for them. And as they were supportive of training, um, investment in, in their staff, um, that I was able to to do that and then work up over over the years once I was through the door. Isha, are there any sort of things that A-level students could be working on or that are clear kind of winners for employers that they should flag up on their CV? Sure. If I give you the example of Career Academy intern, so every um, Career Academy student is given the opportunity to take part in a six-week paid internship as part of their programme. Now, during this this internship, they do learn to develop certain skills. Now, once employers have seen that they are able to take those skills, manifest them, and then put them into a CV and articulate the development of those skills where they've used them before, employers want to tend to invest in them more. So it could be coming back for part-time employment. It could be full-time employment um, in the summer holidays while they're on their degree or other sorts of qualifications. Or it could simply be straight into relevant employment, either after their studies or, or before. Now, what's really important is that articulation of those skills. 
even you know graduates like myself I'm 28 now and I still find it hard to be able to write in a CV that I'm actually good at doing something and I think it's really important that students do that at any level um, whether they're school leavers or whether they're graduates um, to be able to say actually I've got a competency this is what I can do I'm a great leader I'm a great team worker and the only way that I can demonstrate this is by getting part-time part-time experience it could be voluntary it could be paid it could even be you know getting involved in local community activities such as youth clubs and, and sports because those show a development of skills in a different way but that can be applied to workplace the point is with increased competition you've got to have an edge you've got to be able to stand out in the crowd um, and if you don't have a degree then, you know, you've got to have that relevant work experience. And if you don't have the relevant experience, you've got to have a relevant degree. On applying for jobs, where should students be looking if they have decided, right, I don't want to go to university, I want to go straight into work? What sort of things should they be looking for? Are there any resources they should know about? As I said, experience of any sort is really important. People like Unlimited, the website Internship. Um, you've also got, you know, retail banks, for example. Some of the ones that support us, Lloyd's and others, will, you know, they have the ability to go in and say, would you like to work in from the very bottom? BT, obviously, we've mentioned as apprenticeships, but there are other organisations that provide apprenticeships. Accountancy firms have school leavers programmes as well. And the thing is, they're not really well known about. Um, and so, therefore, the more research that students can do about what their options are the better it is for them is it going to be really competitive this year are you going to see it get more competitive as more people don't do degrees and go for these kind of opportunities do you think more competitive goodness it was competitive when I left university four years ago um go to recruitment fairs um you know meet people who are working these organizations um who are there to talk to you about what skills that you need so it might be that you need specific language skills it might be that you need specific IT skills anything that kind of ticks the extra box on your CV compared to your fellow candidate I guess um would probably be the best way of going about it but competition is going to increase exponentially I think um but in a way it's quite good because it means that our standards are getting better and that our students are getting our our aspirations are being raised and they believe that they can do better with their lives which I think is fantastic even though obviously it has its flip side. Neil have you found that employers are more open to giving you training and things like that? Um, I certainly have I mean in reality a business is always going to want the best people for for the roles Um, and generally um, a business is therefore happy to invest in their staff on the assumption they're going to get that that return out of it. I've certainly been offered subsidised grants, if you like, from, from employers to do SEMA or to do an open university degree purely for the mutual benefit you get from that. They view it as unlikely that I'm going to get that degree with, with effectively their money and then, and then go somewhere else with it. Um, if they've invested in you, the likelihood is then that the opportunities within that business are going to open up for you because you've gained that additional qualification with them. Um, so they may even create a role for you. Do you think you missed out on anything by not going to university? Um, I think you you miss that that social aspect, um, which I think more and more people seem seem interested in. I mean, from watching the news recently with people not being able to get on the course they wanted or at the university they wanted, I've certainly heard people say, "I couldn't get the course I wanted, but I've been offered another course at the same university," which kind of suggests that people are still heavily interested in the kind of social aspect of it um, and the the kind of finding yourself of university. Um, and, you know, I think I, think I have missed, missed something there to an extent, but um, in the wider scheme of things, I think it was probably worth losing that to go straight into work as I have. And so just to round up, Aisha, do you have any sort of top tips that you could give to A-level students right now who've just received their grades and are thinking about what to do with their future? 
I think it's really important just to touch what Neil on on what Neil said about you know I didn't get the grades to do the course I wanted, but the university offered me another course. I think it's really important to take a step back and decide what it is that you really want to do with your life. You need to be able to make a legitimate choice, and you've got to be able to make an informed choice. So it's about it's about that research. And Neil, what about you? Is there anything that you would like somebody have to have told you when you were just getting your A level results? Um, I, th- I think um, that that's quite right that people should take a step back and consider the the implications of their decisions i mean um, personally it concerns me seeing students that are just now fighting for any course at any university and i think that with a step back people would see better options for themselves um, than just just doing any course um, for the sake of, of getting a degree and i think people do need to kind of realize the importance of that that it's potentially you know three four years of their life and quite a lot of money um, and if they were to come out of the other end in no better position than they could have been by going into a, into work um, or an apprenticeship. Um, I think that's quite important that they they speak to, certainly speak to the right people as well, um, rather than just chatting to probably your friends who are invariably going to university as well to kind of get that balanced viewpoint and, and make an informed decision. Absolutely. And just on that point, I mean, you know, part of our programme involves mentoring. It's important for students to find people who they think will be able to give them advice as well. Um, whether it's part of, you know, ask someone to be a mentor, ask your dad's friend to be a mentor. Anyone that you think has lived life, has been through what you're going through, not to maybe the exact same extent, <laughs> but somewhere along that way, they, they can help you. Neil, do you think that maybe later down the road, if you want to do a, if you want to do a career change, do you think not having a broader degree is going to hold you back in any way? Um, I think there's always potential that, that that could happen, but I'm kind of confident backing myself with with my experience. Uh, distance learning degrees certainly something I've considered anyway, um, just in terms of my own personal development, not necessarily because it's been a requirement, but I think people need to appreciate that doors don't close so if they decide to go to university or not go to university it doesn't mean that they can't reverse that decision at some point in their life Um, and certainly with distance learning and support from a business that that can easily be achieved. Well thank you very much to our guest today Aisha Patel from Careers Academies UK and Neil Foote it's been lovely having you both you've been really interesting. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) On to the jobs chart now and it's gone very media darling Jefferson Davis from Guardian Jobs is back in the studio to help Ali reveal the top 10. Opening up the chart at 10, it's a web producer for news channel CNBC. A chance to work here at The Guardian at 9, a Wall Street correspondent is needed. In at 8, it's a Dubai-based B2B magazine and website editor via Real Recruitment Limited. Online fashion retailer Netaporter.com need a junior digital photographer at 7. And six is the RSPB looking for a media officer to be based at its UK headquarters in Bedfordshire. While Sky News is looking for an experienced producer to join their sports desk team at number five. Four is the Alzheimer's Society looking for a part-time reporter. And at three we have a job down under. Radio New Zealand need a presenter. Knocked off the front page at two, it is a part-time teaching fellow in television production at the University of Leeds. And making the headlines at one, it's a 3D artist role with in-flight entertainment company IFE Services. Before we go, here's what we've got coming up on the site next week. 24th of August, we've got Roots into Medical Research, CV and Covering Letter Clinic on the 25th of August, and uh, on the 26th of August, we've got a graduate and entry-level roles in publishing Q&A. That's all for this week. Thanks very much to our guests Aisha Patel from Careers Academies UK, Neil Foote, Jefferson Davies from Guardian Jobs, new boy David Mills and old favourite Ali White. 
Careers Talk was produced by Kate Taylor. I'm Harriet Minter, and until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.